Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I, I had one recently with a brother-in-law who works for the church. Um, and he works in uh, the buildings, kind of looking after the chapels, etc. And he was oh, saying yeah. that um, he'd put together a proposal for um, solar panels and different energy saving uh, measures to be installed on some of the chapels here in the UK. Uh, in the mind that if they tested well and they saved some money and some energy, then that could be rolled out across uh, you know, the, all the chapels here in the UK. But he said that it was it was too expensive um, to put the test together, and I, I was like, "Whoa, too expensive!" You say? Um, I was like, "Well, what church do you work for?" And he's <laughs> like, "Yeah, it was it was far too expensive to even even um, put together the proposal. I saw the prices. My boss saw the prices, um, and I'm like, well. And then we got onto the widow's might and the I." I am a Mormon campaign yes. and the fact that uh, millions and millions of pounds was wasted on the I am a Mormon campaign for Russell M. Nelson then to throw it out with the bathwater and he couldn't afford to look at some energy saving um, things for the chapels. And yeah. I, was, I wonder if they did a cost comparison, how that would go. I was just, just trying to say to him, just trying to say, so how are you getting your head around that? Oh, I don't think about it. Okay. So don't think about it. Which which one which one do we go with, you know, Thomas S. Monson or Russell M. Nelson? He said, Well, you always go with the living one. And I'm like, oh. Well that, that's ideal, you know, that's good for them, isn't it? Go with the living one. Um but I got to the point where I said to him, Right, if we're always going with the living one and the scriptures are just words of dead prophets then there's no need to have scriptures because anything we need to know is said by the living one. So there's no need to have any record of what's been said before. The living one can say whatever he wants. And I, I said to him, what about when the living one says something in 1990 about uh, Dallin H. Oaks, don't give gays jobs. Mm-hmm. And then in 2020, he stands up and is um, talking about, you know, having same-sex attractive people in the church and loving people. We love them. Yes, there's a place for them. So at, at what point in his living time do we believe his words as a prophet, seer, and revelator? Um, it, it just came down to blind faith. That was his answer. Right. Just got to have faith. It always does. And faith is a big topic, topic that comes up a lot. And what's the definition of faith? Uh, I don't, it, I don't it, know. <laughs> it's just you, you have to ask the person you're talking to. Okay, this is about faith for me. Okay, wh- what is what does faith mean to you? And it's uh, trust, hope, belief, and like, I well, you know. have faith in science, so um, you you're using faith too, and and, and the difference ah. is between hope and trust, and trust based on evidence versus. I just am accepting this without evidence. Like, and I, I have asked some family members too, like how important is it to you to believe true things? Just like, just that question. Yeah. 
and how can we find out if something is true or not true is it falsifiable can we definitely show that the earth is round or flat like is there one of those falsifiable to an acceptable level and then we base our confidence on the level of evidence that's provided so there's, um, there's the scripture around faith um is believing in things that are true but not seen yeah um i think but, yeah yeah some, something like I that I'm, i've been washing the mormon out of my hair every time i go in the shower so it's it's gradually disappearing thank goodness but That's it, why science it, i would love for someone to say to me that you use faith in science you don't use faith in science i don't drop a ball and say i have faith it's gonna fall i'm gonna say the last time i dropped a ball it fell i'm going to retest that and see if it does the same thing again um, well, and can you prove Einstein's theory of relativity? I can't. So, no, and, and I don't. That, um, physics? Does no, that? I, but I don't use faith, do I? I accept that I don't know, and that there are, there are others who do know, and that mm -hmm. if I really wanted to, I could go to someone who could sit me down and blow my mind and show you could me. Take a you could start at the beginning and you yeah. could teach you level by level, step by step to get them where to they got to this. Yeah, but as, as far as I'm aware, there is no university course in meeting God. Right. So, Not that I know of. No, wow. I'm sure. Well, I'm sure there are some uh, some darkened rooms where people think after taking, um, I don't know, some acid or something, they feel like they met God at university. But yeah. it's I don't think there's an official course. And also learning about logical fallacies, too, has helped me a lot uh, in talking with my uh, family members. The appeal to authority, the appeal to popularity, um, just all the things. Well, all my family believes it, so like I feel like I should, too. Um, the prophet said it and his appeal to authority, you know, just so just kind of talking about those things in a roundabout way with family members has like, I'm not trying to change their mind. I just want, I guess my goal is probably just to help people use logic and reason and have good reasons for the things they believe. If they want to let go of their beliefs, that's their choice. If they want to hold on to their beliefs and they feel like their reasons are good, then that's their choice too. Like, I, I would never try to say, you need to believe what I believe on anything. Yeah, um, well, I, I am, um, it reminds me of um, Jehovah's Witnesses and when I was a missionary I used to try and go to as many different churches as I could in order yeah. to understand what the enemy is planning you know I'd be like let's go behind enemy lines let's go and sit in their meetings so that when we knock on the doors we can say I, I've been to Jehovah's Witness meeting this is why mine's better you have ammunition so, yeah you know I was once I was kicked out of a Methodist church because they must have known what I was about because the the <laughs> the minister came over we were sat there waiting for the meeting to start there weren't many people maybe 10 15 people in the chapel and he came mm -hmm. over and he just said all right lads um before we even start do you just want to leave <laughs> I'm like okay because we've got our badges and stuff on but oh. he obviously knew we were there to steal we his flock missionary <laughs> And would you have given the opportunity? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's exactly what I was there for. We went oh, to a Pentecostal church. 
and um, their minister hadn't shown up. So they opened, because they have like traveling pastors uh, go around the circuit and he'd not come. So no one had anything prepared. So they opened up for testimonies, Uh um, like a testimony meeting. And I was like, wee, they've opened the mic, open mic night at the Pentecostal church. (laughs) It is my turn. So I stood up and I walked to the front and I just looked at their, their like priesthood holder who was sat on the stand, looked in his eyes and I could tell he was absolutely petrified as to what I was going <laughs> to say. But he was in such a catch 22 because he couldn't stop me because right. how, how would that look? He said it was open to anyone. Yeah, you know. So I got up and I, I, I just I spoke about Jesus Christ. And what I always used to like to do was to read from the, it was a bit of a challenge. I was a bit of a knobhead, if I'm honest, sorry. <laughs> uh, a bit of a challenge was to see how often I could read the Book of Mormon in other churches' meetings. Because I always used to laugh that afterwards, they'll go home and they'll be like, oh, there was that awesome scripture that that elder read. Where was it? And they'd be looking in their Bibles and they'd never find it until they called us. And, and we gave him a copy of the Book of Mormon and said, oh, here's that scripture you were looking for. So a, that was my what a ploy. What success story that would be. Did that yeah. ever happen? Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> we, we taught one family from it, but I, I stood up and I bore my testimony of Jesus Christ um, and read something from the Book of Mormon about something. I just used to call it, oh, from the good book. Um, and I got like the quad, so it just the looked like book. I was opening oh, yeah. a big Bible and, and sat down. Um, and then you have tea and biscuits afterwards or juice and biscuits and try and pick up some investigators. But yeah, but back to Jehovah's Witnesses, yeah, yeah. They, ha- they have something called the Book of Reasoning. And this, this reminds me a bit of street epistemology because what they've got in this Book of Reasoning is it's it, the first half of it, it's all about you take it with you when you're knocking on doors and it's all about how to deal with different sorts of people. And it will say what to do if a Muslim answers the door and it will have a list of issues that the brethren at the kingdom at Bethel in New York have already gone through, have already decided that that is where Islam falls down and where the Jehovah's witnesses. So you can point out where they're wrong. So, religion okay it's almost scripted um wow. and so so every jehovah's witness should if they studied the book that they're given should be able to in their mind flip to the page that says what to do if a mormon answers the door and there's a whole two-page spread yeah. on what what to say to a mormon um and then the rest of it is answering questions about blood why don't you take blood and it's got a whole whole page for them on what to tell people when they ask that question so yeah good luck having an se conversation with jehovah's witnesses Um, yeah i think it's very similar i haven't talked to any jehovah's witnesses but it's very similar to talking to uh missionaries lds missionaries mm -hmm. or any other active because they are try to be prepared and have comebacks ready to go. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I look back now at being a missionary and bashing, as, as they used to call it or whatever, but you get into those arguments and it literally is um, just 
I'm going to put my straw man up. I'm going to knock yours down and then you can knock mine down and we're just going to go backwards and forwards and we're never actually going to get anywhere. We're just going to say, yeah, but what about this? Well, yeah, but what about that? And yeah, it's, it's no good, but. Yeah. And that's getting stuck on the what part. I mean, you can think of it kind of like a pyramid. So what mm -hmm. and then the why is the middle part and the how is the bottom part. And so they're just trying to argue over the, the what, why you're wrong and you're wrong here because of this. But as a street epistemologist, you can look back and say, well, what about this guy over here or lady or non-binary person? What about this person back here? They're listening to both of you talk and you're saying this is right and you're saying this is right. How can we all discover together what is most correct? Okay. Yeah. Well, How I think. You get to believe that. How did you get to believe that? Yeah, you never get there. You 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 never get past the argument over. It's like the, just the surface. It's like mm -hmm. the church in general. You never get past the surface. And I think if you if you asked a lot of people how they believe something, they probably won't even know how they believe half of the stuff at church. How do you mm -hmm. believe that there was a literal flood? Well, no, a lot of people will say they don't believe there was a literal flood. Um, but in in my journey, I find out that the church does believe in a literal flood, um, which, yeah. you know, but I think there are a lot of things that Mormons, God bless their souls, um, don't know they believe or don't know how they believe it because it's just one of them things that is, you know. You just accept it or you put that up on the shelf. Oh, we'll figure that out after we don't know why that happened or how it happened. Or Yeah, of course, the Garden of Eden was in Missouri. I mean, does where it matter? Else? Does where it affect my it salvation? Go? No, it doesn't. It doesn't yeah. matter. We'll figure that out later. Yeah, okay. Well, well, I have some ex Jehovah's Witnesses coming on on Sunday night, so I will try some street epistemology with them. Um, or at least ask them what their opinion of it is. They may have come across it before. Uh, but in true Hollywood fashion, um, we've got this awesome pie chart. Mm -hmm. Guys, I just want to say this is the most advanced uh, Priest of Dispatches has ever been. And if I can find the right tab, um, we can spin the wheel. So on this wheel, we have, let's have a quick look here. Uh, we've got several, we've got four different points of belief. I am going to channel the TBM for five or 10 minutes. And okay. I believe all of these things. I believe um, that the Book of Mormon is true and histor historical. I believe that Moroni's promise is enough to be able to believe that the Book of Mormon is true and historical, even in the face of issues. I believe that because the Book of Mormon is true, Joseph Smith was a prophet of God and that he walked on water and the sun shone from his backside. And that because Joseph Smith was a prophet, I believe that the Book of Abraham is true, is a book of scripture, and that modern day Egyptologists haven't got a clue what they're on about. Um, so what we're gonna do is we're gonna spin this magical wheel and awesome. yeah okay. I, i'm so impressed with the wheel we spin the magical wheel and lisa is going to question me on these okay. things i will try my hardest try to uh go back in the years and maybe even be a cocky missionary 
um and yeah put myself there so let's spin the wheel do it oh my gosh sound that's so cool Mm, faster oh it's gonna be oh yes the book of abraham oh my gosh chicken dinner so (laughs) magically i i now believe so my position is that the book of abraham is a true book of scripture that the facsimiles found on the scrolls are uh, true they are egyptian and that modern day egyptologists have mistranslated um and that they must have done because the book of abraham is a book of scripture okay and they cannot be wrong so if I was doing street epistemology, we would have established rapport of some sort. So we've been talking for a while. So that's an important part. And I've considered before we even started, what are my motivations? Why am I doing this? Am I trying to change his mind? Am I trying to point out ways that he's wrong? Am I trying to de- debate? Because that is definitely not what I want to do as a street epistemologist. Mm-hmm. I want to figure out, get to the how he concluded this was true. Okay. So I'm just well back backstory so your claim is that the book of abraham is i'm writing it down it's okay it's a true book of scripture is uh, true scripture yep literally translated from the scrolls literally translated okay mm-hmm. um and that yeah and that it was translated uh, by the gift and power of God through the prophet Joseph Smith. Okay. <sighs> I feel 20 years younger. Ooh. Did you tell people that on your mission? Oh, hell yeah. All the time. And then afterwards too, obviously. I used to look at the uh, the facsimiles and just be like, how cool is this? No other religion like um, has this cool stuff. Yeah. yeah I it was amazing. Okay, so what is the book of Abraham? Um, it's book of scripture. Uh, it's a translation of um, ancient Egyptian scrolls that Joseph Smith got when the church was new and God told him to translate um, this Egyptian uh, writings and on the writings were the words of Abraham. Um and yeah, it was saved until the latter days. Okay, let me repeat back to you what I have heard you say, and you tell me if I get anything wrong here. Okay. So the book of Abraham is a literal translation of some scrolls given yep. to Joseph Smith, translated by the power of God, like literally translated, like this word says this thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the words on the scrolls were translated into the scripture that you use currently? Yeah, but I think that some, so some of the symbols mean lots of things. I think oh. that one, one symbol, because it's like hieroglyphics, isn't it? So one symbol um, means more than one word. So okay. it, it can be like express a meaning rather than just words or pieces of words. So there can be a lot more there than it just looks because the scrolls don't look that big, but there can be a lot there because 
not all symbols just mean little bits some mean big bits you know what and i mean so okay so one symbol can mean maybe a, like a paragraph's worth of information and it can be translated uh, or sentences maybe maybe with a, a few put together in a certain order uh, just a few could make up a, a paragraph or so um yeah can can i just for everyone watching i'm not this <laughs> this is going to be taken out of context <laughs> yeah so um so yeah i'm 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 very aware of the uh his, the alphabet and grammar documents and everything like that i'm just trying to be the missionary that i was and i would have said that yeah. one symbol can mean more than one word i i would have totally agreed with you at the time mm -hmm. too so what brought you to that conclusion why do you think that is actually true that joseph smith actually translated these egyptian scrolls why do you believe that because at the beginning of the book um there's a section in like the introduction that tells me that's yeah i guess that's that's where it tells me where it comes from because the book, the book introduction the book tells, yeah and because it's from Joseph Smith, so it's got to be right. Oh, that's that's interesting. How confident are you on a scale of maybe one to a hundred or so? Zero meaning I don't believe this at all. I have only questions and I doubt everything. A hundred being I'm absolutely certain and I cannot be wrong that the book of Abraham is a literal translation by Joseph Smith through the power of God. Can you uh, put up like 95%. No, I, like, like I'm trying to think of the other five percent. I can't think what the other five percent would be. So I'm, I'm like, I'm all in. I'm here on a mission. I'm a hundred percent. You got to go to the hundred then. Wow, yeah. that's really high. Yeah, I felt it. Oh, you felt it. What do you mean by that? Can you expand on that? Yeah, like I've, when I read it, it makes me feel good, and there are things in there that there are things in there that talk about. Um, the stars and different things and the kingdoms of heaven. No one else has got this, you know, no and, it, and it's all true. It's all, you know, the, the things that are in the book of Abraham, it was before the time of, you know, NASA and different things, but all the things that are in there, NASA now agrees with. Mm -hmm. So. It's, so I'm hearing, I'm hearing two different things here. So part of it is you felt it was true. Um, so it was like a feeling you had that confirmed the truth of it. And then you are putting some weight on those findings of NASA that seem to. Yeah. Or just like the, the information. There's, yeah. There's, there's, it's almost like revelation, isn't it? Um, there are things that were in there that Abraham wrote for us and Joseph Smith has revealed them. And mm -hmm. then later on, it's been proven that those things were right. So right you know so it's it confirms what you believe it yeah. sounds like yeah okay so. imagine for a second you uh didn't ever have that feeling the confirmation that it was true and that it was right that that never happened okay would that affect your 100 percent confidence level or would you still be at that 100 percent mark Ooh, I based on just the NASA uh, information that you learned. 
Yeah, because the church says as well, they say that it's true. So even if I've not yet had the feeling, I know that I will have the feeling eventually. Mm -hmm. So the church has said, and it's from Joseph Smith, and there's those things. So even if I've not had the feeling yet, I'm still there because I will have the feeling eventually. Because um, you probably know people who haven't had the feeling, right? Do they still believe? Yeah, so it, you, you can, we live off other people's testimonies for a while and then we gain our own. So I'm I'm gaining my own whilst trying to share with other people. Okay, um, so even if you didn't have the feeling, the confirmation, you could use the hardcore scientific evidence as proof that Joseph Smith translated the Book of Abraham by the power of God? As far as I know it, yeah. I'm not a scientist, you know. I'm I'm not. It's it's just some of the things, you know, they said it in Sunday school and stuff that this was this, but that's all deep doctrine and stuff. So I don't really get into it because we're not supposed to and it's not important. But right. I know I know that, you know, smart people, smarter people than me believe it's true. So Right. So I'm, I'm happy to go with it. Can I ask you another question? Are you still okay? Yeah. Talking about this? Okay. What if this was a long time ago, let's say, and NASA hasn't even been formed yet, um, and you haven't had the feeling, so there's none of that scientific evidence, would you still believe it? Based on what other people have told you, based on what the prophet said? Yeah, because the prophet else? said it. Because the prophet said it? Yeah. And then it's you in would my, believe it. It's in my scriptures. It's the standard works. And the prophet has told us that the standard works are the words of God. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it's the word of God. What made you think that you have to believe or that you should believe whatever the prophet says? my dad told me to um yeah. that's one i don't know i just always uh, i've always been a mormon and always the prophet's always been there in my life um as a constant you know well the different prophets but you know there's always the prophet there and right. we we follow the prophet um he knows the way so yeah, it's just, it's always, the prophets are great. So we, they so know the way. Sentence. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's yeah, just what came to my mind. Brain worm starts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so what if your dad hadn't taught you that? What if your dad taught you something else? Do you think you would believe it today? Um, or your dad didn't know about it maybe, or? Yeah, maybe, but obviously, eventually, I'd have found the church, so I'd I'd, I'd be here anyway um, because mm -hmm. God loves me. I I was valiant in the pre-earth life, so I was blessed to have the church in my life. Um, yeah. So I'd have found it one way or another. You think you would have, and you would have been convinced by what would have convinced you about the Book of Abraham, with the words of the prophets still. Yeah. So I know that Joseph Smith's a prophet and that every prophet after him is a prophet. So whatever they say 
is from God mm -hmm. and is for, for my good. And you you said earlier you believe the words of the prophet because your dad taught you these things as a young child. Yeah. Did so, your dad only teach you true things all the time? Yeah, Nottingham Forest are the greatest football team on the planet. And um, Joseph Smith's a prophet. You know, Did your so, dad ever say anything that wasn't true or was mistaken? uh yeah possibly at times i think sometimes maybe not perfect none of us are right we're just people doing yeah. our best yeah how could you find out if this is one of those things he was mistaken about or can well, you yeah i can well i have because i've i've um i've read it so he told me it was right and i read it and it's all good it's, it all makes sense so so if something makes sense does that mean that it's true usually i'd say i'd say most of the time you know occam's razor the most simple explanation um is usually the right one so i'd say book of abraham is definitely occam's razor and it is the most simple explanation for how those words got into the back of that book you think being translated by joseph smith by the power of god is the most simple explanation well yeah he wasn't going to learn egyptian was he so it must have been um by the power of god so you're just confusing me now <laughs> i don't mean to confuse you i don't i don't mean to do that we can we can end the conversation if uh okay if you're feeling stressed is is so weird because i just it's so true you you got to the nub of why do i believe it i believe it because my parents told me it was true mm -hmm. and then later on in life you know i had a lot of confirmation bias yeah and if you're constantly looking for confirmation of what you want to be true what you hope to be true you'll find it whatever that belief is yeah it's there and and it's like obviously i know a lot more now about the book of yeah. abraham and when i'm speaking about it you're trying to kind of uh, go back to a very simplistic view so right. saying things and that those are genuinely things that missionaries would say you know the right. the the solar the space stuff in the book of abraham makes sense with what nasa says when really it doesn't has nothing to do with it but right. it's the whole thing of i'm happy that an apostle maybe once said that right and, and that confirms what i hope to be true so i'm going with that one yeah and we'll go out and we'll flap our gums and tell everyone about it so. and really it comes down to faith usually uh you didn't even mention faith but no well i just have faith profit or whatever but i think it was a little bit extra difficult because i was arguing with myself on the inside because every time i was saying something i was going through it in my own mind thinking oh my gosh how ridiculous do you sound saying that now um but it was genuinely stuff that i just said as a missionary yeah with my lack of knowledge you know right and we were told that our epistemology, our reasons for believing were sound. 
where you have this feeling and that means it's true. Feeling, good feeling, good fruits equals truth. Repeated over and over and over and it's constantly reinforced and every week we say, I know the church is true. I was feeling sad one day and somebody brought me a cookie and therefore the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is the one true church on this earth. Yeah. And it's just every day you're looking for those things to yeah. confirm what you hope is true. Yeah. And I think the whole the whole church cycle is confirmation bias and mm -hmm. using other people's experiences as your confirmation. Um, yes. You know, and, and then one day your experience will be someone else's confirmation. Right. There's, there's a reason we have testimony meetings. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah. And in the in the great words of Boy K. Packer, you only find a testimony in the bearing of it. So you stand up and you say loudly and proudly what you want to be true. You say that you know yeah. it's true and then it becomes true. Yeah, it's it, that, that whole triangle of thoughts, beliefs and feelings like yeah. if, or actions, whatever it is. So if you act like it's true, you, the feelings will follow. And I told that I taught young women's for years and years and years. And I told them this all the time. Like, if you're not sure if your testimony is wavering, get up and bear your testimony, just start saying the words and then the feelings will come. And use my testimony. If you don't have your own, you can use mine. Like, I'm mm -hmm. really strong. I know this is true. I've had hard times and I've seen the fruits of, yeah. of the gospel in my life. And I thought that was a sound epistemology to base my whole worldview on and finding out that it's not a good epistemology. It's a really weak one that can go in so many different directions, um, which is why ex-Mormons need to tap into this as well, because a lot of the people I would see coming out of the church, they get sucked into energy healing or these other uh, unfalsifiable belief systems mm. that, um, so, or so other organizations that power vacuum yeah. something's something's got to fill the space because it is it's such a hard thing coming out of the church i'm sure out of any high demand religion as <laughs> for some people i think even for me you know i i tried to go to another church for a while and yeah. it wasn't for me and i wasn't able to find you know that place that community again so right. But you look for it, don't you? It's well, we're humans. We, we are social creatures. We have a need for connection you, and community. We, yeah, you you lose one tribe, you look for another. And I think I found mine in the ex-Mormon blogosphere eventually. Mm -hmm. You know, and I've got a, through just chatting online. I've got a lot of different friends now all over the place and uh, a nice community. That and that I takes can... work and effort. Yeah, yeah, you see. <laughs> I, I always say that the church makes people socially um, retarded in the fact that when you go to church, you can move to another ward in a different state, a different country, and there mm -hmm. is a red, ready-made like oh, yeah. friendship structure right there. You, it's, it's just plug and play. You go in and you can talk to people. You know you've got massive things in common because all of your lives are based on the church. And as long as they're not totally annoying, you've got a friend, you can go to barbecues and, and you know, your kids have got kids to play with. 
automatically in in a city where you had no idea you, you didn't know anyone okay automatically you've got all these friends when you come out of the church and you go places new you're almost like how do i make friends now because i've I not I've not had to make friends for years. They've just been given to me. Here, have some friends. Um, yeah, I'm a 45-year-old woman, and I'm coming out of this lifetime of having a group of friends, and they were just not there anymore after yeah. I left. And I'm like, I don't even know how to meet people or talk to people or, like, what do you do? And, like, figuring all that out was tough, but it took a long time. Yeah. It's well, worth it. It's doing. Yeah, we well, we got all those days holiday back, didn't we? And we got all that money back in uh, in tithing. All the uh, which, yeah. yeah, all those Sundays, so that so that people can watch all the ex Mormon YouTubers because there are <laughs> literally thousands of us now. There's so many. It, yeah, it is. It has become just um, yeah a, a massive group of people and i just say to anyone who is thinking of doing it yeah do it because i think every every story is worth telling um mm -hmm. and everyone's experience is different and funny and sad in all different kinds of ways so and, and really been... that, that was the best healing for me is meeting up with other ex-mormons and just being able to talk about it and just have the conversations like what what's your experience oh my gosh that was me too uh, and like exploring coffee and alcohol and all, all the things. So I remember going on my own to Starbucks and I wanted to try a coffee. So I'm almost 40, wants to try a coffee. When Starbucks is some 16 year old kid behind this little girl. Uh -huh. um, and she's like, what would you like? And I was like, I don't know really. What would you suggest? No she just looked at me. She's like, what? She's like, what What do you want? I was like, well, I've never had coffee before. And she, uh, I think she was looking around for the hidden camera or something. Right, is um, this a drink? <laughs> yeah, and she's like, okay, um, let's try a latte with one shot. And uh -huh. yeah, one sip, I was like, oh, no, that's horrible. <laughs> I did that at a bar when I first left. I went to a bar and the, the bartender's like, what, what would you like? I'm like, I don't know. Give me, surprise me. Give me something. <laughs> Whatever your most popular drink is. Oh my gosh. That like, could be bad. That yeah. Could be bad. That's not the way to go. That's uh, don't yeah. do that. But. We're, we're like, we're like teenagers again, just exploring the world, but we're in yeah. like older people's bodies and we can't, right. can't keep up with all these other people. So exactly. It's well, all good. Yeah. Lisa, thank you so much um, for just taking us through street epistemology and yep. if you're in salt lake lisa runs a, a local group for street epistemologies yes as she said, it's on meetup.com street epistemology salt lake city the link should be somewhere uh Join yeah the link in the description dinners. below we practice we talk about it we go out to parks and practice with strangers sometimes we've only done that a couple times wow. mostly just practice on each other so uh and just develop our skills so come and join us it's a lot of fun. Awesome. And you've also got your own YouTube channel, The Road to Reflection. That's um, what it's called. And the, the link to that as well is in the description below. Yeah, uh, more stuff coming. Yeah, but thank, thank you so much. Uh, and <laughs> I hope that everything is good for you and yours in the years to come. Um, yeah. And yeah, just 
a round of applause. I think we've even got, um, if I can be, a round of applause for Lisa. I've been waiting to use those sound effects for weeks. Hey, and I have, these are street epistemology squishy things we give to our, our conversation partners. Okay. Back, and then you have another conversation, you get another one, and you get all three of them, and they're just little um, reminders about the street epistemology conversation and the questions, and it's supposed to get your gears and your mind thinking. Uh, okay. So I'll have to send you one of those, too. The gears. Oh, no. Awesome. That'd be great. Okay. So we're going to say bye to Lisa right Thank now, you. and hey. I will talk to you again in a moment in the green room. Um, and for everyone who is still with us, thank you so much uh, for yeah coming along on that little mind trip uh, this evening. Again, please uh, like this video so that the algorithm likes uh, us. And if you feel that you can support the channel, we've got a fundraiser going on GoFundMe at the moment. The link is in the description below. On Sunday night, we've got ex-Jovis witnesses coming on to talk about their experiences with Mormons. And I'm sure we'll look at a few weird things that they do as well as weird things that Mormons do. But for now, um, I've been PD. You've been great. I'll see you all later. Bye.